So today on the Perform Partners podcast, our guest is Adam Strickland, Managing Consultant at Infinity Works. Adam has over 20 years experience of working in IT across various roles, some of those including systems engineer, technical consultant, business consultant, account director and agile delivery lead. So a broad experience within change, we could say, actually. So we're really excited to speak with Adam today. So hi, Adam. Great to have you on the podcast. Hi, everyone. Hi. Thanks for having me. No, absolute pleasure for us to have you on the podcast with Rob and Aida today. So let's get stuck straight in. Tell us a little bit about how you're spending your time at the moment, whether that's personal, whether that's work. I believe you've actually just come back from a holiday as well. So if you want to tell us a little bit about that. I have. Yes, we managed to get to Cornwall for the Springbank half term week. It took us uh, what felt like most of the week to get there. Um, so it was about a 12 hour drive to get down there from um, from Leeds, but we got there eventually. Um, so yeah, we had a week down in, in Cornwall, which was awesome because the weather was fantastic. Little one wasn't particularly well for the whole week and I managed to catch whatever she had when we came back. <laughs> but, um, so yeah, kinda, I'm looking forward to the next holiday now. Um, but it, it, was a, yeah, it was a good week. Cornwall's fantastic. Not been down there for a few years, so it was great to get down there and do a bit of surfing and messing around and yeah, it's good fun. Amazing. Whereabouts did you go in Cornwall? We were in Crantock Bay, so oh, just yeah. outside Newquay. So right in a little place, pretty much about five minutes walk from the beach um, across the sand dunes. So um, yeah, amazing views. And yeah, as I say, the weather was great. And yeah, barbecues and lots of cream teas and uh, Cornish cider, you know, that sort of thing. The important things. Um, no, it was, I, it was really good. I good week. absolutely love that. So I love that you've mentioned cream teas because there's a bit of a debate going on at the Form Partners <laughs> office at the moment as to whether you put the uh, cream or the jam first on a scone. So let us know, what, what's your preference? This is hotly debated, isn't it, across the country? And no more so. And we actually heard two couples in a, outside a pub, actually, who one was from Cornwall and one was from Devon. And apparently in Devon, let me get this right way around, in Devon it's cream then jam, and in Cornwall it's jam then cream. And it's a very hotly debated thing. For, for me... Gotta be cream then jam. Hang on, Looking no, that's the wrong way around. That's the wrong way around. Gotta be jam then cream. Sorry. Oh, outrageous. Cream. Cream, go- <laughs> cream goes to the top. I right. was with you with the first one. No, no. Really? <laughs> no. Jam then cream. The cream it's like jam off. on bread, but then you put cream. It doesn't slide off. It sticks. It's sticky. No. That's like that. To be fair, how is it such an emotive subject? It's just it is, isn't it? It really is. So, Rob, what about you? Cream or jam first? Uh, it's got to be cream for me first. It's got to be cream. Yes. For sure. Is it, 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 it reminds me of the the scone scone debate oh. as well. Um, <laughs> On that one, I say scone, but my wife, who's from the exact same place as me, says scone. Well, I just go for whatever's closest. Cream or jam, <laughs> not really just. Just eat it, don't worry. Just eat it, yeah. <laughs> so, you know, it's it's great to hear that you've actually made it on holiday. So how was that, you know, given that we've just been through a year of a pandemic, not being able to go on holiday? How was it getting back out there? 
awesome uh, in one word. Um, yeah, it's the first time we've been away from. I had breaks from work, obviously, but but around the house and staying local, as have most people in the country in the last 12, 15 months or so. But yeah, to, to get out there and actually to, to actually be by the sea, um, was, it makes such a difference, doesn't it? To I guess your sort of well-being and, and your your attitude and mental state and stuff. But yeah, just just being away from the house itself was lovely. And uh, as I say, yeah, being being by the seaside and having sunshine on your face, um, it's just it makes a world of difference, doesn't it? So yeah, it was absolutely awesome. The, the only thing I'd say is, of course, it's it's. I mean, Cornwall's always busy, isn't it? It was probably about thirty to forty percent busier than it normally is because I think I think the whole oh, country, wow. de- hence, hence the twelve-hour journey. I think the whole country descended on the southwest there. But it's still great, still still worth doing. I'd do it again. Something that you you touched on there, Adam, around you know mental well-being uh obviously we've we've all been through uh, unprecedented times you've been on holiday with the family amazing what what things have you done yourself what you know do you have hobbies how have you helped yourself mentally during during lockdown i think in the first part of it so i guess 12 well more than 12 months ago now isn't it it's probably 15 16 months ago i don't think i did actually mm-hmm. i think i found the first I found the winter part of it really hard. So, so the kind of lockdown that we just sort of come out or coming out of, I found that really difficult. Partly because it was it's winter, it's a bit miserable. It's there's not a huge amount of daylight and there's you know the, the nights drawing etc. And it's and it's cold and wet. The first part of it though, kind of March 2020 is sort of April into May. That was probably the hardest for me. And I think the reason for that was because I don't think I helped myself. I went into because obviously work, working remotely was completely new for everybody, sort of full time anyway. Um, I'd certainly never done it five days a week before before then, and I just I think I got myself into a mode of just sitting in front of my computer for 12, 14 hours a day, and it turns out you don't need to be a genius to work out that's not particularly good for you. Um, it's not great for your eyes or your mental state or just generally doing the same thing being sitting in the same position looking at the same screen for a very long period of time yeah it turns out it isn't great for you I may, I didn't make myself ill per se but I definitely knew there was something not right probably by around about the end of April I think I remember taking a week off or a few days off at the end of April last year and I just felt really unwell like headaches and just felt really run down and a bit of a myself really so I think at that point I kind of thought right you know you know what you do you, you have a few days away and you, you think about stuff as you do and I thought I can't keep doing this I have to make sure that I take breaks I go for walks so, so one of the things I started doing and I'm doing it a bit less than I did but I'm still doing it from time to time I do a little commute to work so I usually I, I put my shorts on and go for a run and I, I do that as much as I can as well if I don't do that for whatever reason um, I go for a walk so I, I commute to work, but the slightly strange thing is I end up at the place I started from. But um, <laughs> it, it kind of acts as like a little, a little commute, if you like, because that's what you normally do, isn't it? You normally get the train or the bus, or you get in your car or whatever it is. However it is, you get to where you're going mm-hmm. to do your, your day job, as it were. I, I was doing that, um, and it, it, little things like that make a massive difference. Yeah, um, yeah. Having a break in the middle of the day, even if it's just for ten minutes, because everyone's busy on calls and stuff, of course, but even if it's just for 10, 15 minutes to have a break from the screen, that's, yeah, that's what I've, one of the things I've been doing. Yeah. And did, and did you, obviously you're a, you're a very busy man. There's lots going on at Infinity Works and, and, you know, there's a lot of people and teams that you're involved in and, and 
who you manage did you kind of install some kind of discipline to to everyone did you kind of recognize that in yourself and think outwardly about others I, I think I remember putting some kind of guidelines or not nothing kind of you know set in stone that's not kind of how we work we don't mandate things typically of, of that sort of nature but I do remember putting some kind of guidelines and almost like an etiquette if you like of, of how to do things like video calls and, and things like that I think certainly me anyway could have maybe done a bit more based on the fact that I learned that myself as an individual of, of maybe I didn't look after myself as well as I could have done and uh, try to encourage that of others and other people in the team maybe yeah it's, 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 I think it's something that we've all struggled with and, and been a real challenge I was very mindful of it for, for everyone involved in Perform Partners and you know you saw these things you know Zoom quizzes coming up or bingo or or something but the thing that I struggled with it, it was still over Zoom uh, you were still sat in front of your camera there was no disconnection between you know the, the challenge of the day and then trying to kind of relax or normal world would go to the pub or go to the restaurant or, you know, socialize as humans do. Um, so, yeah, I think, yeah, we, we, we kind of struggled with that a little bit as well. That's been the big thing for me is everything you say there, Rob, totally agree. We and I mean, lots of other people have done the same. Yeah, we've done virtual bingo and quizzes and there's, there's, there's virtual beer tasting. I believe it's tonight and tomorrow night. I think mine's tomorrow night, which I'm really looking forward to. So you get some beer delivered to your house. It's never a bad thing, obviously. And uh, some expert kind of talks you through how it's brewed and the special things that they use and really interesting for somebody who likes beer. And, and they don't get me wrong, they're absolutely fantastic and they're great events and you get to spend a bit of time with your, your, your teammates and your, your friends and your colleagues and stuff and that's great. But the, the one thing, as you say, that's constant in there is you're still in front of your screen, mm-hmm. you're still talking to your screen and it's still, it's not quite the same, is it, as, as yeah, as, as leaving your, your IT kit, wherever it is, or you know, putting your laptop in a bag and going for a, for a drink after work or, you know, going to do something that's that's just not in front of a screen and it's just not quite the same. It's great. And I think the technology has been amazing, actually. Mm-hmm. I dread to think what it'd be like without it. But yeah, um, yeah it's just that, it's that, isn't it? We're, we've not managed to think of anything yet that we can do remotely that doesn't involve being in front of a screen in some way, shape or form. Yeah, it, it, yeah it's difficult. So, something that I've, you know, <clears throat> we've all become quite habitual with uh, video conferencing and, and something that I'm very conscious about now is when, People say, okay, let's jump on a you know, Teams call, Zoom, whatever it might be. Almost challenge that. You know, do we need to have a, a video call? Can we not go back to you know a, a conference call or just call the mobile? I found that weirdly quite refreshing <laughs> just to have a, a, a voice call. Yeah. Do you know, I don't think I've done that enough, actually. Yeah, I remember the days um, where, yeah, working in teams that are geographically spread and, yeah, we'd have a Friday con call at half four or four o'clock or whatever, yeah, we haven't. I, I personally haven't done much of that, but um, maybe something I should look at. As you say, it gets you away from your screen, doesn't it? That's great, Adam. Thank you. Um, so as we, you know, we know uh, this podcast is all about change, uh, a subject close to all of our hearts. It's what we do ultimately for, for, for a living. Uh, it's as broad as it is deep. Um, so I guess the next question could be quite challenging around, you know, what's the, the biggest change it could be personal, professional, that you've recognised either in yourself or in the way that you operate kind of recently? I think in the last 12, 15 months, obviously since the pandemic hit, 
the Infinity X as a business has been getting gradually bigger and the, the scale has been pretty intense and, and big over its over its seven years anyway. But I think in the last 12, 15 months, it, it started to feel much bigger. And I think the reason for that, or one of the things I put that down to is the fact that a big change that's happened really is we've, we've gone more regionless. As, as you'd kind of expect with, you know, fully remote working and we don't have, well, n- none of us have been really going into our regional offices or, or centres or whatever over the last 12 to, f- to 15 months. So, so Infinity Works has offices in, in Leeds where we're sort of based and, and headquartered, Manchester, London and Edinburgh. And as I say, since the pandemic hit and we've all been fully remote, we've been putting people onto onto projects or whatever from wherever they are. So, so kind of, you know, location doesn't really matter anymore because we're all just dialed into stuff and on video calls, as, as we've said. And we, well, that's been absolutely fantastic. And it's been great to kind of open up the reach and, and bring more people into to kind of leads-based accounts or projects from, from wherever they are, which is fantastic. It's opened up kind of how we can bring people into the business as well. And we're looking at more options to do to do that as I know a lot of companies are understandably but the, what, what it has done I think is is it's made the company feel a lot bigger so there's now we're, we're pushing up 500 people I'll get these numbers wrong probably but I think we've recruited over 150 to 200 people since the pandemic hit which is so there's wow. kind of 150 to 200 people that have never actually seen one of the Infinity Works offices which is pretty insane when you think about it and um, I think that coupled with the fact we're regionless and we're now we're now not just kind of leads focused if you like where where infinity works focused the company is just it just feels like a much bigger thing mm-hmm. obviously then you put the accenture acquisition in there and the fact that you know we've gone from 500 people into 500,000 <laughs> the, the numbers start to kind of blow your mind a little bit that's a big change it, it could be kind of big and daunting if you if you think about it what it does do and is doing is is opening up enormous amounts of opportunity, both in terms of customers and what we can do and grow and both at a personal and professional levels and, and as business units as well. And yeah, just opening more and more doors and more opportunities to, to do more things. It's almost kind of prioritizing where we focus our attention and our time now because there's, there's, we've almost got too many options, which is a very, very nice problem to have, don't get me wrong, in, in the sector and the way we work. it's a, I know we've got the opposite problem of a lot of other people at the moment, so I'm not need to be very mindful of that as well so yeah it's it's been a huge change continues to be a huge change lots of challenge but just enormous amounts of opportunity which is really exciting yeah amazing and something that you mentioned there adam it just triggered a thought in my mind you, you mentioned that um obviously you've hired and recruited people from not specifically local to the regions where they will be working with that team do you feel or have you noticed a trend whereby certain skills gaps in areas where those skills traditionally might not have been where those skills gaps have now been closed in pockets i think we have yeah as i said before we yeah we've we've typically recruited around the regions that we've got offices and and then looked to where we might have offices into the future yeah with with pandemic and, and fully remote working i know our talent team have done a lot of kind of research and analysis into the types of skills that we need whether that's engineering or analysis or leadership or whatever and started to look at kind of regional sort of locales, if you like, across the UK. And yeah, definitely started to find pockets of where you might have a certain type of skill in a region. The, the Northeast, let's say, seems to have uh, quite a lot of engineering talent, which we, is not really something we've ever really tapped into because it's kind of between Leeds and Edinburgh, if you like. That, that bit in between there has, has got a lot of talent that we could look into, which is a real opportunity for us to, um, to do that and plug some of those gaps, as you say. 
Brilliant. It's quite interesting. It's an interesting term because my, so part of my background, I used to be in sort of in the recruitment space. Um, and there was always the challenge of certain skills gaps. And, you know, you have you have a lot of these skills, a big saturation at one end of the country, but actually there's a demand in the other end of the country. And because, because of the commute and the relocation complications, the skills wouldn't necessarily, they wouldn't move across. So there was, it was always an ongoing challenge, but it's quite interesting that the pandemic has been a catalyst for that as well in terms of closing certain skills gaps in certain regions. It definitely has. And I think one of the, one of the challenges we've had, and I think we'll continue to face a little bit, is that a little bit of that uncertainty in that that people want to talk to us about, you know, if they're, if they're let's say, I don't know, 50 or 100 miles away from one of our regional offices, they want to have a conversation with us about potentially joining. One of the questions they completely understandably ask is, when this is all over, if, if it ever is, or things go back to whatever normal looks like, what's that going to be like? Are you going to expect me to come to Leeds four or five days a week or, or are you going to have this kind of hybrid model that I think people are um, moving towards or aspiring to is that kind of how it's going to work and how are we going to do that and we've we've just tried to be as open-minded as possible as I know lots of people are lots of companies are to, to yeah to keep that flexibility I think flexibility is the key here isn't it that's what everyone's kind of striving for and I think both from a geographical point of view that's really important but also from a, a kind of time point of view like talked before about spending 12 to 14 hours sat in front of my computer screen. One of the great things is, although my family may disagree with this, is that um, when they come home, I don't have to commute to see them. Um, they're in the next room. As I say, they'll probably disagree with that, but um, I quite like that. <laughs> it's quite nice. And I think a lot of people do as well. Um, so yeah, flexibility is the key word, I think, isn't it? Yeah, that, I mean, that's something that I've benefited from massively in um, I just I like how you describe you know that that bit between Leeds and Edinburgh, that, that, the northeast. That's where I live. So <laughs> you know I was commuting down to to Leeds where our HQ is. Um, that hasn't happened for for over a year. So i you know I've got over three hours of my day back. I, I you know I've kept my body clock honest. Um, I'm I'm uh, I'm doing a hell of a lot more exercise. I've I've never been fitter. Maybe he's probably turning a bit too much. Um, but having that balance back, you know, with family has just been amazing. Absolutely amazing. Um, just something that you touched on before, Adam, I just wanted to... So, you know, these big changes, and obviously Infinity is an incredible success story, that, you know, the, the growth that it's had, the the, the acquisition by Accenture, uh, I mean, the numbers that you even talk about, all during a pandemic, is you know, it's just phenomenal. And to be be part of that, involved in that change. Um, obviously, that's what we do for a living. That, that's kind of who we are. We're, we're susceptible to change. We're okay with that. Do you find and experience colleagues who struggle with change? How do you kind of mentor and coach and uh, manage manage that with others? That's, that's a great question. So, so do, I, do I find colleagues and people I work with who struggle with change? Yes, absolutely, mm -hmm. every single day of the week. What, why do I think that is? I think, by and large, because human beings as a, a species, I suppose you call us, I think it's almost like a natural kind of response, like the kind of that natural um, response to something that is not not um, not what you expect or, or something that feels a bit different or even just, yeah, even just feels different. I think there's, there's often that kind of a, a bit of fear maybe creeps in. Quite, quite a normal thing, I guess, in some respects. How, mm -hmm. how do I 
cope with it or, or mentor people through it. I think for me, I, um, I always try and turn those kind of things into something that might be a little bit daunting, maybe even a bit worrying into something that's maybe trying to flip it on its head a little bit and say, well, it may well appear or feel to be a bit concerning or worrying or something that you're not used to, or maybe out of your comfort zone even, but what about turning it into an opportunity or something that might be quite interesting or something that you might not have had an opportunity to do if this hadn't happened or wasn't happening and, and try and flip it on its head a little bit. Yeah. It's sometimes easier said than done. I appreciate it depends what it is, I guess, but in something like an acquisition, like the Accenture to infinity works thing, I think, Obviously, the first question that people ask, understandably, is what does that mean for my job? Mm-hmm. It's a perfectly natural thing to ask and, and very normal. I think Accenture and, and InfinityWorks, as, as they've come together, have been really, really clear on, on the fact that we want to stay together. We want to keep the people that we've got. That's really, really important, a really important part of the acquisition and where we want to go from here. So I think, as I said before, the the amount of opportunity and doors that could be opened and just opportunities to do things that we wouldn't normally be able to do with Infinity Works if we'd have stayed kind of on the track that we were on, still growing, it's almost limitless. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's it's just, there's again, it, it kind of, if you sit back and think about it, if I sit back and think about the, the scope and the scale of it, I'd get scared and worried thinking, crikey, you, you can't, you almost can't see one end to the other. But then you kind of go, like I said before, rather than getting fearful of it, think, well, actually, well, let's just think of something that maybe I want to do or as a team want to do and let's see if we can go and do it. Is, is there an opportunity to do something and carve something out and make it happen? Yeah. What a, what a great position to be in. Yeah. You know, it's really exciting. Absolutely. Yeah, yeah, 100% agree. I think, uh, ironically, we kind of come full circle, haven't we? Because it's, you know, it's back to mindset. You know, it's mental health, being positive about change um accepting ac- adapting looking at the opportunities um so yeah i think that's great yeah i, I remember 10 20 years ago in my career and even when i was starting out i suppose so more than 20 years ago that you almost had these cycles Th- things people and businesses tended to work in cycles and it was we're going through a big change and we're running a transformation program and it's going to take six to 12 months and then when that transformation program is finished then it'll become business as usual and now you kind of think business as usual is change. It's the same thing. It's If you're not constantly challenging and changing and trying to challenge yourself and adapt, then in real terms, you're likely to be going backwards because your competitors, your other parts of the business landscape, your customers, they are moving on. Things are moving rapidly and things are changing and unexpected things will happen like pandemics, for example. Mm-hmm. So if you're not constantly doing some sort of change, you're probably going backwards. Yeah. And like you say, Adam, as, as part of, of change and, and adopting and accepting and, and looking at opportunities, um, some of our listeners might not know uh, that we signed a very exciting partner agreement with Infinity. So uh, it's an incredible recognition for perform partners at the stage that it's at and the, and the scale it's at and uh, recognition of our kind of growth plans with infinity works and that in itself is is a big change obviously you were instrumental uh, in 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 those discussions and, and making that happen just want to say a massive thank you for that you know we, we're working very well together two organizations very similar culture i believe heading in the direction of change and supporting change for customers um you know what do, what does that look look and feel like to you 
Yeah. So, well, first, firstly, I think I totally echo your your points and sentiments there, Rob, on on the exciting partnership arrangement that we've got. We're absolutely we are hugely excited about the whole thing as well. I think what 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 does it mean for us? It it, it means that yeah, while, while I talked before about the rapid growth that we've got and had over the last seven years and continue to have, but but the partnership things for us is really really important for for a number of reasons. And um, one is. We know we can't do everything ourselves. Mm-hmm. We just can't. Um, and we shouldn't try to do everything ourselves either. Secondly, you talked about the cultural fit and the, and the kind of cultural match there. Couldn't agree more. I think the more that we work together and the more that we do together, we're, we're more, we become more and more alike, if you like. We can all learn from each other in that mm-hmm. true partnership style. You can do things that we can't do and, and vice versa. I think it's fantastic. I think it's great for economically and commercially. Great thing to do for for, for you know us as, as organizations and businesses in our communities there's this again it, it just adds more options and more flexibility and more things that we can do together and and you know the kind of corny phrase stronger together is um never been truer has it in this uh-huh. case and the more we do the better we'll all get yeah. and, the, and the and the better outcomes our customers will get which is what we're all about yeah 100 percent. so adam we are building a perform partners change playlist as you may have heard some of the previous guests, uh, we have asked them to share with us a song that represents change for them. So we really want to know today because you have uh, you kept this one off of the guest form. So we're all really eager to find out what would be your song that represents change. Okay, so I don't really have an individual song that, that represents change for me, but I, I'm, I, I like music, I, I, I love music actually. And I'm going to show my age a bit here, but um, for me, I, I see a lot of change, obviously, in music and bands and artists as they change direction. So I'll give you an example, right? And hope, hopefully this works. I am going to show my age. When I was coming into my teens, there was a band called U2 that were very popular, still are, I think, mm-hmm. in the 1980s. And they had a few albums out and they had an album out called The Joshua Tree, which was very, very popular. A lot of its songs still is. A lot of its songs still played on the radio. Things like, um, so I found what I'm looking for. And then they released an album after that. I think it was 1991. They, they released a song off it. The first song of it, if I remember rightly, was called The Fly. And it was completely different to anything they'd ever done before. The direction change was massive. And I remember listening to it. I think I was 13 or 14 at the time. I remember listening to it thinking, what the heck is that load of rubbish? It's got nothing. It sounds nothing like they should do. They've changed. Oh, they've, they've gone. They're, they're, they're never going to make a success of this. It's going to die on its backside. Um, and it's just going to be absolutely terrible. And I think Acton Baby went to sell more copies than Joshua Tree possibly, possibly still has. So it's things like that where, where bands and artists kind of have a complete, change in direction and they do something totally different that's just one example there's lo- there's loads of others uh, <laughs> like Noel Gallagher's been on the television recently I think he's just put a greatest hits album out hasn't he and lots of his Oasis fans are kind of getting on his back about oh what have you done with your solo career you've done something different and it doesn't sound like Oasis anymore and he kind of turns around and says well yeah that's kind of the point like I've, I've got control now and autonomy on what I do and I can, I can kind of do what I like <laughs> it's my job and my life and if you don't like it, don't listen to it. But that kind of aspect of change of, of, yeah, kind of at the time when you listen to it and you think, well, that's not what I was expecting and that's not what you used to do. Why have you done that? And then maybe the thing with the U2, for example, when you go back to it a few years later, I actually listened to that album when I went out for a run the other week. It's 
so far ahead of his time. It was crazy. I mean, I feel that album was released in 1991, I think it was. Listen to it now, and it could have been released yesterday. I mean, it's just phenomenal, really. But at the time, I absolutely hated it. I thought it was terrible, couldn't stand it. You know, you two were never going to get another penny out of me buying <laughs> buying records. And I think I bought it when I went to university. I think listened to it and went, oh, "That's really quite good, isn't it?" Um, maybe I was wrong. <laughs> that's that's my that's musical really, change analogy. That's a really interesting one, actually. I never never really considered it, and it's it's your own personal change journey, I suppose. You have a certain everybody's got a certain path or a certain vision, and something will trigger it and shift you off of that vision or off of that path and let's be fair not many people embrace change on the first instance of it uh it, we all take time to evolve and sort of move along with wherever those you know wherever that path is going to take us and I, I, yeah and that that your decision resonates massively with me because there's so many albums where i've done exactly the same thing gone what no nope i'm done with this and you come back to it and it might be a couple of months later or a year or a few years later and actually it's phenomenal you absolutely love it and probably appreciate the artist even more i think that's the key to... isn't it and to relate it back to kind of change in our worlds don't give up on it don't don't give up on it go back to it it might be a week it might be six months it might be a couple of years in musical terms i mean might not apply to, <laughs> to, to the work and business but yeah go back to it and you never know you might listen to it and go as you say and go oh wow actually that sounds different now to it did when i first listened to it oh that's amazing and it yeah never ceases to never ceases to surprise me how um how you feel about stuff like that adam so i'm so glad that you've used you two as your analogy because i feel like there's something that you've not mentioned about you two that is quite in line with the theme of change what are your thoughts on the great old uh i'm gonna use the word scandal where they quite intrusively put an album onto everyone's <laughs> phone and iPod that had an iTunes account back in, well, whenever it was, I can't remember. Yeah, I remember that. It was about, when was that, 10, 15 <laughs> years ago? Something like that, I can't remember. It was a good while ago now, I remember. wasn't it? Um, that's a great, it's a great question. Maybe that was ahead of its so time. I, yeah, you can, at the time, it was a huge kind of scandal, wasn't it? And lots of people were really unhappy about it. And, oh, we can't, we get this device that we've paid all this money for to Apple and... I've got this music on it, whether I like it or not. Well, firstly, you don't have to listen to it. I suppose one, one argument was it's taking up disc space <laughs> when disc space was maybe more of a premium than it is these days. Uh, and it was kind of stored on your device rather than streaming, which is bigger now, I suppose. I think, yeah, for me, it's, yeah, you 2 as the band in this case, were maybe trying to be progressive and modern and, and try out new um, mediums and vehicles for getting their music to people. I'd be I'd be amazed to see if there's any stats on this as to how much, how many listeners they got, so how many people did listen to it, and and if if the if you can, you know, people who weren't necessarily U2 fans before that, I suspect they won more people around than they lost. But I might. I think, wrong. yeah, great old publicity stunt, if nothing else, wasn't it? Yeah. Fifteen years on, we're talking about it, so. <laughs> well there you go that's it isn't it, it make, what does it do it makes people talk what what a great marketing campaign because that's what yeah yeah exactly that it get, gets people talking about it doesn't it so the other, the other question that we ask our guests is around uh books book choice or audiobooks and have you had time to to listen or to read anything 
I've been a bit poor with books recently. I, I will fully admit. Mm -hmm. I, I normally, I normally like to have some sort of book on the go um, in some description. I, I'm not. My wife's a massive reader of, of mostly fiction and, and other things. I, I don't read anywhere near as much as she does. But I do normally like to have something on the go. It's normally business or work related or something like that, just because it allows you what I'm interested in or, or sport. But I have been doing a bit more on things like podcasts, mm -hmm. uh, obviously like we're recording now. There's, there's obviously loads and loads of them knocking around. Uh, so I've, I've been doing quite a lot of the sporting type ones. So there's the, the high performance one that Jake Humphrey does. I'm quite a big fan of. Uh, I, I like the fact, I like the subject matter and what they talk about and the, and the questions that they ask. But I, I quite like the way it's very varied in terms of the guests from week to week. So you've got people from sport to, to the business world, to the arts world and, and every kind of background you can think of, which I think is great and really varied. Um, so I think they had Gareth Southgate, the England manager, uh, England football manager, um, on the last one, which I thought was pretty good. Mm -hmm. I quite liked some of the stuff he said. Uh, and, been, and has been saying um, about some of the players after the game on Sunday as well, which I thought was quite interesting, which you can relate back to the world of work, uh -huh. which I quite enjoyed. And I, I listened to, uh, there's quite a few comedy podcasts that I quite like. There's one called Atletico Mince that I listen to a lot, um, largely because I'm a massive fan of Bob Mortimer. <laughs> I grew up with um, and I quite like his abstract quirky weird uh, comedy which very much appeals to my bizarre sense of humour <laughs> um, so I'll, I'll listen to that a fair bit and then yeah there's a lot of sporting ones that I'm listening to at the moment largely because it's uh, the, a great sport um, a great summer of sport with the, the football tournament on and cricket back and not that we're doing very well um, and, and lots of other things going on so I, I, quite, I listen to quite a lot of those yeah, I, uh, I'm a big Bob Morton fan as well. Well, Vic and Bob, that, that's kind of my humour sweet spot as well. So we share something on that score as well. So that's, yeah. um, that's good to know. Excellent. So uh, we've covered off quite a lot of uh, ground there. And we've, we've, got, we've talked a lot about change. Looking more sort of forward, what's next for you? So for me personally, in the kind of work business context, the managing consultant role that I'm, I'm, I'm doing, I've very recently picked up. So I'm, I'm really excited to, to get stuck into that. So I'll be, I'll be doing, I'll be kind of taking my, my account that I look after for Infinity Works to, to, the, to the kind of next level, if you like, or trying to take it to the next level. And it's kind of next evolutionary phase over the next few months, which I think could be really, or will be really exciting. Um, getting stuck into more of the kind of integration work that we're doing with Accenture as that kind of gains traction and, and momentum which will be fantastic again like I said before massive opportunities in huge scale which is just going to be I'm, I'm going to learn lots and lots of things which is great love, love learning things never stop and yeah and, and just doing doing more of that really so kind of getting the account I look after to the next phase of where we as a, as a company and a, and a team want to get it to doing more and more with the kind of the manager consultants community so more across our regions and and trying to align where we can and, and, and diverge where it makes sense. Kind of trying to be a, a real contributor into that space. And yeah, and the, um, the Accenture stuff is just going to be really exciting. It's, it's kind of, um, we've always said somebody, when I joined the company said, um, so joining Infinity Works feels like you, you're kind of surfing at the, you're on the crest of a wave and you've got no idea where the wave's going to go. It might smash you on the beach or it might take you out to sea or I don't know. It feels like we're doing that, but the wave's just got a lot bigger. It, so it's uh, kind of, yeah, see where it takes us. It's uh, really exciting. Sure, you'll smash it, Adam. You know, good luck with that. Thank you. So, Adam, it's been absolutely fantastic to have you on the podcast with us today. Can you just let our listeners know how they can find or connect with you? 
yes, I, I am on LinkedIn. Um, so you can find me on there. Just search for my name. That's the that's my, that's the biggest amount of my social media presence. I'm not a massive. Um, I have been on social media before, but I don't really do a huge amount with it. Um, so so LinkedIn is the main place you find me. Well, thank you guys for joining us on the podcast. It's been great to speak with you. It's been great to hear all about uh, what you've been getting up to personally and professionally. And hopefully we'll speak with you uh, very, very soon. In fact, we will speak with you very, very soon because we have a weekly call with you, don't we? <laughs> yeah, we do. No, thank you for having me. It's been great fun. Thank you. Awesome. Thanks, you. Thank you for listening to yet another great All Things Change podcast from Perform Partners. Don't forget to hit the follow or subscribe button so you don't miss out on any new episodes. If you've enjoyed this podcast, please be sure to leave a rating or a review to help others find us. If you would like to connect with the Perform Partners team, you can do so on LinkedIn, Instagram, Twitter and Facebook.